Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about, I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships can evolve with people evolve as they grow and change? What is bad is when we start to apply fight and flight survival techniques to everyday situations that are not mm-hmm. life and death, right? Yes. When, when you get an email from your boss and you suddenly go into fight and flight mode, like that's yeah. not the best way actually to, to deal with that. Welcome to the Curious Folks podcast. For those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships, my name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. You've heard of Rest and Digest fight, flight, and freeze. But today, we're introducing you to rest and reason, flirt and fuck, and disconnect. Inspired by polyvagal theory, we're exploring how different states of being impact different qualities of connection within a relationship. We're back from hiatus! Yes. August was our season of rest and digest, if you will. And we're back to start back with something that has been stewing on my mind for a while now. This topic sits at the intersection between two of my favorite things, the inner workings of our neurology, psychology, and physiology, and the way we connect and form relationships. We have, behind the scenes, been talking about this idea for a while. You've introduced little bits of it in conversation, and then it continued to expand and expand. And it's interesting because... When, when I was growing up, I learned certainly about fight or flight, but really it was related to animals or in threatening situations, right? So someone is points a gun at you and is going to mug you. Are you going to fight or are you going to flee? Or certainly watching animals run through the Sahara. What are they doing? Are they fighting? Are they fighting? Are they freezing? So that was the context there. And then rest and digest, honestly, I didn't learn until I was probably in my 20s. I was seeing the mm-hmm. gastroenterologist and they were telling me that that is the state that apparently I was supposed to be in. And my body wasn't in <laughs> right. much of the time, which mm-hmm. is why I was having lots of stomach issues because I apparently was not digesting. Mm-hmm. So, so there was like limited context. But now I feel like that is all I'm hearing. All I'm hearing is about fight, flight, and freeze, but not necessarily what that means in a threatening situation, but what does that mean in our lives and our day-to-days and our relationships? Mm-hmm. We're constantly talking about being in that survival mode, but mm-hmm. outside of times of threat. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of this conversation is had mostly around trauma, right? Because mm-hmm. that's when these things become kind of relevant. Trauma happens when we're actually, actually, according to polyvagal theory, theory which we will go into in a second a little bit, just to you know, get people caught up. Trauma happens during free state rather than fight or flight. If you can fight or flight a situation, trauma is less likely to imprint on you. It really imprints on you when you um, get stuck at freeze, when you can't fight or flight. So your body kind of just shuts down as a, as a way of preservation. And that's when trauma occurs. And then that's kind of gets imprinted. And that's things like PTSD comes from that place any kind of trauma-related disease comes from that place. Anything that you deal with when you say, oh, that was trauma, like that had a root in trauma is when your body ended up in the free state 
and mm-hmm. thought that it wasn't that it couldn't get out of it, it couldn't get out of the situation and that's when trauma occurs that's interesting yeah i think that your point around trauma is important because i think that is exactly why i've been hearing a lot about it i think mm-hmm. that nowadays folks particularly millennials are really working to unwind, undo, address lots of trauma, big T and small Mm -hmm. T trauma that's Mm -hmm. happened. And as a result of that are having more and more conversations about fight and flight and how Mm -hmm. that shows up in our day-to-day, in our relationships, in our work. And so I do think it's that. I think think we're we're trying to now learn some lessons and do things Mm -hmm. differently. Yeah, I think trauma-informed is now a a category. Trauma-informed therapy, trauma-informed recruitment, trauma-informed mm-hmm. organizations, right? Curriculum for kids. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Trauma-informed curriculum, right? So I think that is becoming a, definitely a big part of our zeitgeist, that we are aware that trauma is a thing, that it has impact on people, which then affects their behavior, their cognition, their nervous system, and all these, all those weird and wonderful things that make us human, the mechanics of, yeah. of, hum- the mechanics of humanity. And realizing that we need to be in rest and digest more. I think that's mm-hmm. why we took this month off. We needed mm-hmm. to rest. I think I have come to some realizations. I'm sure we'll, we'll make some time for it in, in other episodes of how I need to just incorporate more rest and digest in mm-hmm. my everyday and not just during our seasons of hiatus. Mm-hmm. But all of those things have been such a topic of conversation, I think, in in the circles that I'm in and, and on social media around rest and digest, flight, fright, freeze. Mm-hmm. But you have a different spin on it that you want to talk about today. I do. I do. So let's just do a little two sentences on uh, the polyvagal theory because we mentioned it. Just give people a recap mm-hmm. for those who, people who are familiar with it, great just just to remind you those you've never heard of it this will just give you the very very sort of top line description and you know i encourage you to read up on it and we in fact are probably going to do an episode on it pretty soon but the polyvagal theory essentially says that our nervous system has three states that color our behavior as a reaction to our environment and whatever we're experiencing, right? So th- imagine that three states of being. And that's not necessarily about who we are and our personality, though it's reflected in that. This is really about our nervous system, the state that our nervous system gets into depending on what we're experiencing, right? So it's not an identity thing. It's very much a neuro- neurological, physiological thing that then colors our behavior and our personality so it shows up differently. So, so we show up differently depending on what state that we're in, right? So the idea of these three states are you have the rest and digest, also known as ventral vagal. That's when we feel safe and calm and we think that everything is going to be okay. I've heard somebody call it stay and play. Uh, I love that as well. I love that as much as rest and digest, right? So you have that. And that is when everything is great. Then we have the sympathetic state or hyper arousal. That's what we would call fight or flight, right? And that is when we are reacting to a stressful situation. We're actually reacting to it either by fighting it, right? Or getting away from it. You know, like you said, like you said, Jackie, it could be the very, very physical, literal description of that right you could literally like getting your fists Mm -hmm. up ready to fight or you know like literally running away or fight mode also looks like being judgmental being hyper um controlling Mm -hmm. so there are there are more subtle behavioral expressions of fight and and also flight that can also when you mentally check out 
right? When you distract mm-hmm. yourself, those are also flight responses as well. So that's your fight and flight. But in those situations in fight and flight, you are actually dealing with a stressful situation, right? It's not pleasant. Mm-hmm. You're not loving it, but you are able to deal with it through these strategies. If for some reason you cannot, right, you can't fight or you can't get away from the situation, then our nervous system goes in, goes into freeze mode, right? Or dorsal vagal or what they call hypo arousal, meaning you are freezing, you're stuck. Um, you could literally be like frozen in place. You shut down and it is your, your nervous system's way of dealing with whatever is coming. It's like, your pain tolerance goes up, your sensitivity goes down, you're kind of in like shutdown standby mode so that you're not as affected by whatever is happening happening outside of you, right? And then the, the mm-hmm. important thing to, to understand in this is that you can't really be in two of those states at the same time. The best way to imagine them is almost like a set of stairs, right? So you go, you can go up and down the stairs. At the top of the stairs, you got rest and digest, right? You're having fun. Everything feels good, right? You can come down the stairs if things get stressful and go into fight or flight mode, right? And then if things go really, you can't get out of that situation, go down the stairs again to um, dorsal vagal, to your freeze mode, and you can go up and down the stairs. What you can't do is kind of jump from one to the other, and you can't be in two of those states at the same time. So you have to manage the emotional agility and have tools and skills and strategies in place so that you can go up and down those stairs you need that you can tell where you are on the stairs and how you can go how you go up and down those stairs right does that make sense Mm -hmm. so my theory kind of is inspired by this idea and it's really to do with the time that i spend with my clients talking about their relationships and what i'm noticing more and more that there are three states to relationships also regardless of whether they're monogamous or non-monogamous, right? So this is just about looking at a relationship between two people. It is not really addressing whether that that relationship is a monogamous relationship or a non-monogamous relationship, right? And what I'm noticing is there are really three states of relationships as well. And one I'm calling rest and reason, and we're going to go through those in detail. So you got rest and reason, then you have flirt and fuck, and then you have disconnect. And I think it is important, just like we say, and for the polyvagal theory, it is these three separate states that color your behavior and your experience. I think these three different states within the relationship also color your experience and your uh, and your behavior within those states as well. And we're going to get into that. And I think it's all, it's similar to the polyvagal theory. You can't really be in two of those states at the same time. You can really be in one and you can travel to the other one and then you go back to the other one. And there's really just about, again, the agility between moving between those states, the awareness of what state you're in, what state you want to be in, and if you have a path to the state that you prefer to be in. Does that make sense? Yeah. And before we we kind of dig in, we're going to spend less time talking about the disconnect stage just because Mm. we're talking this episode about connection. And Mm -hmm. that is actually the stage where you do not, you feel disconnected. So we're going to spend Mm -hmm. more time talking about rest and reason and flirt and fuck. But it is important to note that if you are in disconnect mode, then frankly, you're going to feel that. You're not going to feel either safe or aroused. Mm -hmm. And so that's just something to be paying attention to. As we're talking through this, thinking about where are you in your relationship state overall or particularly Mm -hmm. on any given day? Because Mm -hmm. you're not stuck in one of these stages for the length of your relationship. Mm -hmm. You can kind of move up and down those steps, as you said. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. 
So, all right, let's let's dig in and let's give some examples. So okay. let's start with rest and reason. What does that mean? So rest and reason is when we feel safe, right? So we're, when we're able to rest, when we can truly rest with the presence of our partner, the person that we're talking about, right? So that's when we can sit on the couch, not worry about anything, that it feels comfortable, it feels safe, secure, that it feels predictable, that there's nothing in that that is rousing us into fear or into action, right? That's when we feel safety, consistency. If we're living with somebody that we're sort of enjoying our domestic environment, maybe we're nesting, right? We're in that mode. Um, That's kind of where we think of like an anchor in the relationship. That's kind of rest, Mm. right? Yes. Yeah. For me, I picture this as like, the sweatpants stage, right? This is where now I'm physically going to get comfortable putting on sweatpants. There's talk now about whether passing gas is now appropriate in front of each Mm -hmm. other, right? Like, is that, are we that level of comfortable? Mm -hmm. It is deciding that you're just going to like chill on the couch, sitting next to each other, each on social media, but still feeling connected because you're Mm -hmm. doing that together. And it's not the same as like longingly looking into each other's eyes and throwing each other against the wall, but Mm -hmm. you're so happy to be together in that Mm -hmm. space, going to bed early, putting on your act medicine before bed. It's like, that's what I'm like. Rest is like the settling into of a relationship and kind of being more of who you are, being more comfortable in that space. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful, comfortable, consistent state. Reason also sort of sits along with rest. So it's rest and reason. And reasoning piece is really about understanding life together, making some uh, reasonable choices, processing and digesting life together. It's kind of working things out, right? Reasoning is compromising, it's problem solving, it's collaborating, it's learning and growing. It's that kind of intellectual, emotional flow that you can be with somebody, right? So that's kind of the state that we're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. Right now, my wife and I are heavy in the state. We are, we are working on wills mm. right now. We're talking about taxes. Mm-hmm. We are, we're, we're talking looking about rest and reason. <laughs> exactly. The mortgage payments, like literally all of the, the very adulting, responsible mm-hmm. things and like the compromises that need to be made and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so it is deciding to have a life together and then having dialogue to your point and, and compromise and discussion and growth mm-hmm. together sure. in this stage as you grow into adulting together. Yes, yes, exactly. And just to mention, this doesn't necessarily also always mean like a long-term relationship, right? You can be in a rest mm-hmm. and reason in a one-night stand. Totally you can, mm. right? You can you can like have, which we're going to talk about in a minute, you can have like crazy wild sex and then in this sort of the post-coitus chill, you can kind of chill together, mm-hmm. feel safe and calm and, you know, mm. chat. And, you know, be reasonable towards each other and then like just go your own ways, right? So this is not just describing mm-hmm. long-term settled relationships. So that's why it's it's almost, um, I think it's, it's more conceptual than like the tasks, right? It's a state of being in rest and reason. So I would really encourage mm-hmm. people who are listening to like think about that as a state and think about themselves. How do they feel? What does it look like when they imagine themselves in rest mm-hmm. and reason? And how that can translate into a long-term relationship or a one-night stand or a short fling, or multiple different relationships, right? So think about it as more a state of being, which then translates into Mm -hmm. a behavior within a relationship. Yes. Depending on the relationship. Yes, because in in that description, then it means in a relationship, do you feel comfortable being who you are, 
Do you feel comfortable with the other person showing who they are? Mm -hmm. Do you feel comfortable having difficult conversation or dialogue and navigating through that? Do you feel comfortable? Do you trust them and trust their opinion enough to really truly collaborate? with mm-hmm. them and 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 allow their opinion to be incorporated into decision making. So to your point, that can happen at any stage of a relationship, mm-hmm. but it's about trust and comfort level and feeling settled enough to really dig into something and grow mm-hmm. either again in that moment with the person or over a long period of time. I right. Love it. Right. So that is what rest and reason is. You're calm, you're cozy, you're comfortable, you are from a regulated mind, your sort of what dialectical behavior therapy calls your wise mind, your chill, that's your rest and reason. Now, that's one side. Think of this as a as a switch, right? You you switch things the other way and now you have flirt and fuck, right? And the clues in the title, right? That's pretty much on the nose, right? So this is your <laughs> flirt and fuck mode. And mm-hmm. flirt and fuck mode is they're slightly different from one another, right? This is why flirt and fuck. So like flirt, think about it as more like arousal, sensuality, playfulness, uh, beginning feelings of love and emotional connection. It is flirting to get to know somebody in a very particular way. It's really mm-hmm. steps towards arousal. Mm-hmm. I love that statement. Right? So much. Flirty boy. Oh, that's right? a new relationship energy stage mm, that I love. Totally. I want to last forever and ever and yes. ever. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't, but it is nice while it lasts. <laughs> right. And then you uh, have yeah. fuck, right? Again, the clues in the title, but it is when you're having sex, it's about lust, it's about passion, it's about spontaneity, it's a physical connection, it's carnal, right? It is when you are aroused and sexually connected with the other person. Yes. Also like that stage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm happy with that. I mean, happy with all of the stages. Absolutely want rest and reason, certainly. And, mm. you know, some flirt and fuck is not bad every once in yeah. a while. Exactly. So these these are states that you, if, if it's important to you, if, if you're like, I love the flirt and fuck state, you can find your way there, right? And you need to find your way there. Um, and we need to be aware of what state that we're in, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about that. The important thing to note here is that by design, by definition, rest and reason and flirt and fuck can't really coexist, right? At the same time, because flirting, that playfulness, that arousal, that excitement needs a little bit of the unknown, right? Which is the opposite of consistency and predictability. It needs arousal, which is the opposite of like rest and safety and chillness, right? So mm-hmm. that's why you need to understand, we need to understand that these are kind of the opposite places for each other. And it's important to mm-hmm. realize that we need to, like the state of the relationship, the state of the quality of the relationship needs to shift for us to then feel flirty and, and aroused and sexual. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Okay, wait, pause. A few different things. First, it does, I want to go back to what you were saying. It doesn't mean that a relationship is doomed to be in a certain space. Like if you're in flirt and fuck mode, that is all that relationship is. Or if you're in rest and reason mode, that is all that relationship is. Mm-hmm. Because to your point, maybe during the week, it's very rest and reason. But then on the weekend, the mm-hmm. hair comes down, you know, Da-da-da. like the, the party party lights turn on. Exactly. Yes. And we're in, in flirt and fuck mode. So one, 
exactly. Mm-hmm. So one relationship or series, you know, a set of relationships can navigate through each of these phases. Mm-hmm. To your point, it just can't be at the same time. We're not mm-hmm. necessarily negotiating and talking about our will and mm-hmm. flirting <laughs> at the same time. I mean, right. maybe that's somebody's kink and, and you know, your kink is not my sure. kink, but your kink is okay. But in most cases, those things are going to happen separately. And also want to note that it doesn't mean that you people are only having sex when in flirt and fuck mode. Because I've had plenty of rest and reasoning sex. Like I've had mm-hmm. sex that feels comfortable, mm-hmm. that feels predictable. Wholesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wholesome. Sure. Yes, I've had where it's like, I'm still, it still feels good. You're still getting off. You still feel connected, but it's not that passion. It's mm-hmm. not like devouring each other. Yeah, that totally makes sense, right? That's why it's called flirt and fuck, not flirt and comfy sexy times, right? So it's not really about (laughs) the actual sexual act, which can be this like comfy, cozy act that you just described. The flirt and fuck sex has a different quality, right? And we all kind of have an idea about that, right? So it's really less about the act of sex, but more about the state in which you're having the sex, right? And you might find that if you're craving sex that comes from the flirt and fuck mode, if you're having a ton of rest and reason sex, you might not feel satisfied because what you're seeking, what what you're yearning for is the flirt and fuck state sex, Yes. Yeah. When we were talking about this before, an analogy that you gave or an example that you gave that made a lot of sense is masturbating right before bed so you can get to sleep Mm -hmm. versus you are so turned on that you just like have to like have to do it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. like something happened during the day. There was a date, something and you like watching something and your body's just as like you need to be touched in this moment right there's a difference between those two things either way you're masturbating either way you're getting off but one is like comfy cozy gives you some warm vibes before you sleep and the other feels like an insatiable craving that you just Mm -hmm. need to be touched exactly and those are the differences and both have their place and both are lovely yes besides rest and reason and flirt and fuck the third state is disconnect Right. And that's when none of the above is happening. And those are people who are kind of Mm. stay in a relationship where the disconnection is eroded to almost nothing. And they kind of exist in the relationship, but aren't really connected. Right. They're maybe at the end of a relationship where they're kind of staying without really reasoning. They've checked out of the Mm. relationship. And that's when you can't be in rest and reason together and you can't really flirt and fuck. Um, You're still Mm. remaining in the relationship. And the third state is this like disconnect. Right. And that's your way of just being in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So you neither feel comfortable or do you, nor do you feel aroused. You neither feel attracted to the person in a wild way, nor do you feel like there's trust there in order to build a life together. Right. Mm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So given those three states, rest mm. and reason, flirt and fuck and disconnect, I do not want to be in disconnect. So let's put that, mm-hmm. let's put that yes. one to the side. Park that. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine many of us do not want to be in that stage in any of our relationships. But I do want to be in rest and reason and mm-hmm. in flirt and fuck. Mm-hmm. A motto of mine is and not or. Exactly. I do not want to have to choose between them. Right. And so if we want to have both, what could that look like? Because, you know, let me let me say. There have been times when I'm in my rest and reasoning mode in a relationship where we get glimmers of that new relationship energy, flirt and fuck, particularly, let's say, like vacations, Mm -hmm. vacation sex, 
mm-hmm. is so different than at home sex, right? Totes. Like I'm not surrounded by my visual to-do list of all the things, mm-hmm. right? And I can like just be in the moment and be there. And so there's like these moments of like, oh yeah, I remember what that was mm-hmm. like, but I want more of that. <laughs> sure, sure. I think in longer term relationships, we tend to gravitate towards rest and reason over time. And flirt and fuck is something that we kind of have to work towards or mm, I guess work on. Yes. Because I think yes, longer yes, term yes. relationships is really about more kind of doing life together, right? Mm-hmm. Unless we work on it, the flirt and fuck diminishes over time and it needs to be nurtured and you need to consciously step into that state if it's not happening for you naturally. Yeah. Right. And I think really a balanced relationship does require both, both states, unless, unless people have decided that that particular relationship is about one state, which is also okay. Mm -hmm. Right. You and your partner decide this relationship is really about rest and reason. This is our safe home. Um, just Gaffern calls it safe haven, secure base, right? Mm-hmm. This is the relationship where we do life together, where we support each other, where we negotiate and problem solve together and we collaborate, right? That's what that relationship is about. And neither of the parties are interested in shifting the relationship into flirt and fuck mode, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you're in an open relationship, yeah, you can have that dynamic, exactly what you're describing. If you're in an open relationship, you can decide this relationship is going to meet this need. Right. This other relationship or series of relationships are going to meet this, uh, these other needs. Right. Just make sure everyone's on the same page. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that, that is the most important point that those are in the relationship and in that state of that relationship agree that's what they want to be. Right. Yeah. I think that's something that I see out in the, in the non-monogamous world that they say, particularly if, if a relationship starts with a couple who opens up and mm-hmm. it, they're opening up because they want some more of that flirt and fuck energy in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And so they go out into the world to find folks to flirt and fuck with. Mm-hmm. But those folks may be wanting a more in-depth emotional connection, a rest and reason type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And they it may start for them with flirt and fuck, as many relationships do, but they want mm-hmm. it to evolve to something else. But you don't have intention mm-hmm. of it evolving there because you already have that. So let's have those conversations, people. Let's be very clear. And we'll talk a little bit about self-auditing and and, and communication around that. But let me just note that here. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure we're telling people what it is we're looking for. Exactly. And how much time you want to spend in those states, right? Do you want this relationship to be mostly about in a flirt and fuck state with the occasional rest and digest where you can get pizza after a, you know, hot and heavy session, Mm -hmm. right? And talk about state of the world where you're spending so you're spending yeah. little time in rest and reason and you're spending most of your time in flirt and fuck right or is it the other way around mm-hmm. that you want to do where you're spending most of your time in rest and reason with the occasional you know special occasions mm-hmm. flirt and fuck sessions where you're like stepping mm-hmm. into that into that state consciously and then you know letting it go because it's not where you want to spend your time yeah yeah So let's say, let's go into self-audit right now, because I do think that that's the way in which we're going to be able to figure out where we are. And Mm -hmm. so if you are reflecting on yourself, first reflecting on what do you need and want? Mm -hmm. What do you have that feels great and you want to keep going? What do you feel like you are missing and you want Mm -hmm. some more of that? And Mm -hmm. kind of, are you getting that from your relationship? If you're in multiple relationships, are you getting those things from those relationships? Mm -hmm. What are you getting from where? 
I think that evaluation is really important because that's Mm -hmm. the first step before you have a conversation with anybody else about what it is that you want is for yourself to figure out what is it that you want. And then what's Mm -hmm. getting in the way of that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about rest and reason and actually the, the benefit of rest and reason and flirt and fuck, I think actually about kink. And so mm-hmm. there is a spontaneity and a anonymity that comes with exploring a new kink and mm-hmm. telling somebody who you don't have to actually sit at the breakfast table with mm-hmm. or, ta- or, or drop off your kids to school with mm-hmm. or whatever, that you want to do this particular thing mm-hmm. that you wouldn't actually tell somebody who you have that kind of rapport with. So there's something about exploring new things about yourself with mm-hmm. someone who you're not in rest and reason with. And there's something also to be said, though, about being in a relationship where you feel so safe and comfortable with each other that you are willing to explore those things. And mm-hmm. so I think about for myself, exploring some of my desires and why is it that some things I would want to explore with somebody brand new, maybe mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. You know, some of what I've heard of people say is that in the beginning of our relationship, I could have done that, but no, I respect you way too much now to do mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. That actually as the relationship progresses, you become less and less comfortable exploring that part of your fuck side. Mm-hmm. And You know, is there a way as we're talking about trying to get it all, if I am in a relationship where I want all of it, is there a way that I can lean into the fact that we're really comfortable and trust each other to try to explore Mm -hmm. the like sluttier, wilder, Mm -hmm. darker, kinkier side of some of the things that I want in my sex life? Sure. I would be curious if you are truly in a rest and reason state to such an extent Mm -hmm. that it is getting in the way of exploration and kinkiness and and sort of the the darker things, right? I Mm. would wonder if you actually don't feel safe, that you're not in rest and reason, that you might actually be in disconnect in some way. Mm. Because if you truly felt safe, you could explore those things because you'd feel safe that your partner would not see you in a different way, right? Mm. I think sometimes we feel safe Right. Or we we imagine that we're safe, but that safety feels so precarious that we don't want to be fully seen because we think that if we're fully seen, the relationship Mm. won't stand. So technically, that's not really safe, safe. That is an illusion Mm. of safety. So if that's where you are, my question Mm -hmm. to you would be, are you truly in rest and reason? Or are you in mm-hmm. some version of disconnect, right? And that, that there's an illusion mm-hmm. of safety. Because that, if that safety mm-hmm. is so precarious, you know, that you don't feel comfortable exploring some kink or you don't feel comfortable fully seen, then I would wonder if you're truly mm-hmm. in rest and reason. That makes sense to me. So two things I'm thinking. One is, yes, I do think that it, it, being able to feel safe enough to be fully seen is important. And so having that foundation can be important to exploring something. And I think for me in particular, there some of the things that I that really turn me on are the things that are naughty, essentially. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And you know, we shouldn't do this here and not you mm-hmm. and you know and and some of that like the danger aspect of it. And when you're home with your longtime partner after watching a movie on Netflix, there's nothing that is dangerous about that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's mm-hmm. naughty about that. Sure. And so what I end up doing is kind of creating narratives in my head 
mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh no, this is, we're at summer camp and like, <laughs> we're, you shouldn't come up to my bunk. Like, what uh-huh. are you doing? Right. Like, <laughs> I have, I have nice. to play these stories out in my mind to get me to the, to a, I mean, physically I'm there and present and connecting and enjoying, but there's a, there, in order to create that, mm-hmm. I feel safe. But, but that just doesn't exist in that particular relationship, that sure. like newness and that. So I'm trying to manifest that in, in my mind. I think that's kind of what I'm talking about. Or what are some yes. of the things that we can, what, what can I do to, to make that switch when, yes. when the thing that is the switch on the other end is new, but my partner is not? Yes. Yes. So again, like the Paul Vagel here, this is really kind of nuanced, right? It's you feel safe enough to actually, the idea is that in rest and reason that you feel safe enough in terms of the structure of the relationship, right? Not safe in that, Mm -hmm. oh, we're not doing something, we're doing something naughty together, right? You can feel safe within the relationship while doing something naughty together. It's not that you feel safe that you're not going to get caught by the police. You feel safe as in this relationship is a safe place for me to be seen and heard and I'm not going to be abandoned. I'm not going to be rejected. I'm not going to be discarded. I'm not going to be lied to, right? I'm going to be taken care of. So the safety piece isn't necessarily safe, meaning like, like you said, you're not going to get caught safety. That's not, that's not what we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. It is more like that you feel safe within yourself as in terms of sense of self and, and, and sense of safety, mm-hmm. right? So I do think yes. that you kind of, when you're truly in rest and reason, right? When you feel that you can rest, and that you are fully, mm-hmm. you, are, you feel safe being fully seen and heard and, and, and you can feel vulnerable and you can expose yourself like the polyvagal theory steps. You can then go up to starts into flirt and fuck. And now you can come up with mm-hmm. your fantasies of, of being naughty or actually go out there and be naughty and don't hurt anyone mm-hmm. and don't get caught. <laughs> right. I think if you, I think those people who stay in and, and rest and reason for long periods of time and don't go up to flirt and fuck I think they actually may not feel safe like they don't feel safe you need to feel safe to be able to leave that rest and reason to go into flirt and fuck and then knowing that you will come back to that right I think the fear is that you go from rest and reason to flirt and fuck and then go up to disconnect right rather Mm. than ideally what we want to do is we want to go rest and reason flirt and fuck rest and reason rest and reason flirt and fuck Mm -hmm. rest and reason but I think the fear Mm -hmm. is you kind of either in, so you have sort of disconnect on either side of these things, right? That you, mm-hmm. you, you cling onto an illusion of rest and reason because ultimately yes. you don't, you probably feel disconnected on some level. So you can't leave this illusion of rest and reason to go into a truly flirt and fuck mode, knowing that you will, you will find your way back to rest and reason. Yeah. So let me, let me think about that. I do think that I have been in situations, I've been in phases or moments or with within somebody that I'm in rest and reason. It feels comfortable. It feels predictable, but it feels good. It feels safe. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I think that if my flirt and fuck needs are not being met, I could move to disconnect where I could feel like the mm-hmm. needs of my, my, my sexual needs, my body, the needs of my body aren't right. being met in that relationship. And that can create sure. the resentment or, or fear or whatever those things. And then actually mm-hmm. I'm no longer then in, in rest and reason because I'm not right. feeling safe and I move to disconnect. Right. I've also then been in flirt and fuck where it's like exciting and fun, 
but then maybe I don't feel like they could see me. I have to like suck in my stomach. I've talked about mm-hmm. that, right? Or like accentuate my curves and because I'm trying to, le- I don't know if I feel comfortable sharing my full body and mm-hmm. it, in its full state with them. And so in that moment, then I actually then also start to disconnect. Exactly. More attention to the lines of my body than I am being present in that moment. And so you're right. It's super precarious. You can like be in the state. And if you don't have enough of the other, if you don't, Mm -hmm. if I don't have enough safety and security in flirt and fuck, then I can move to disconnect. If I don't have enough flirt and fuck and kind of some of that arousal energy in my rest and reason, I can move to disconnect. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So in an ideal, if when you get this like ninja level and you, and we'll talk about the self-audit and, and transition, like the, how we do this in the ninja level for this, what you're doing is you are, you have the agility, the, the mental and the emotional agility to rest and reason, to flirt and fuck and be- back to rest and reason. So in, for example, mm-hmm. you're in flirt and fuck, but you realize that you're actually kind of thinking about your body and you're sort of your body conscious and you find yourself disconnecting. Right. Can you, instead of going to disconnect, can you go back into rest and reason and say, Hey, can we stop and go into the reason mode and say, can I just tell you what's going on mm. with me? Can we pause, stop, rest, feel safe? Can we just talk about, can I tell you what's going on with me? Like I'm in my head and all I can think about is how well my body looks. And now mm. you're in rest and reason, right? Hopefully you can get a resolution of whatever you need. Your partner's probably saying, honey, you're hot or whatever it is that you need. Maybe you just need to be heard. And then once that mm-hmm. happens, hopefully you can like gather yourself back up and then move towards flirt and fuck again, right? So mm-hmm. the, the ninja level for this is to be able to, to shift between those two modes without stumbling mm-hmm. into disconnection. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I think I see this too with folks who, let's say maybe are in rest and reason, you know, or long-term partnership and want some of the flirt and fuck and expect that that's just going to happen spontaneously, mm-hmm. right? I've been in that in that situation where it's like, no, no, we shouldn't plan that we're going to have sex on Friday. Like it should just happen when it happens. Mm-hmm. And I see in what you're saying is that is not then having the dialogue around what the needs are are and creating space for that it is just hoping that somehow naturally the 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 planets will align you'll be on the Mm -hmm. same page and something will happen whilst you're making friday night dinner that will inspire passion between Mm -hmm. the two of you and i think that's that's definitely very different than hey on friday we're going to disconnect from everything else and connect with each other and let's Mm -hmm. see what happens Mm -hmm. and this way Mm -hmm. you're not you're not planning actual sex Unless that's sometimes planning actual sex can be really fun though too. Um, so true. But you're planning connection and that can morph into, to your point, then you can walk up and down those steps together. Yes, exactly, exactly. And to your, to your point, absolutely. I think planning sex can be fun and a good place to mm-hmm. learn from is folks in the community who plan to the T scenes, mm-hmm. right? So they spend... Sometimes up to weeks of really sort of scripting to an extent, like a scene where they really talk through the power dynamics and what's going to happen and what's the storyline. And mm-hmm. they've talked about the desires and the, the boundaries and, you know, all the uh, experiences and things like that. So there are ways, I think when we say planning sex, it sounds so dry that mm-hmm. it's not fun for anyone, right? Just like, oh, planning mm-hmm. sex, like that's kind of like planning sex. It's, it's like when rest and reason meets fart and fuck and it's just like, ew, like pl- planning, <laughs> yeah. just like the words planning and sex. 
It's like, ugh, that sounds so dry. That sounds so boring. I think, and I think we just get stuck on the semantics, right? I think planning Mm -hmm. sex or like whatever, we can come up with new words for this. But planning sex, Mm -hmm. if I was to think about kinky folks who are like really thinking about designing scenes, like that's hot as hell, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like the amount of energy, the amount of thought that goes into it and the fact that when you're thinking, you can get aroused by it. You can do research and get aroused by it. Like you can Mm -hmm. really plan that sex and have fun while you're doing it. But I think when we say words like planning sex or scheduling date nights, I think we might Mm want to think about those words i think those i think the words are what's sort of making us go like scheduling sex like scheduling is a boring (laughs) word like why are you putting it next to like an exciting fun word like sex you're ruining it you know (laughs) Uh it's like slandering my food (laughs) you're like putting a horrible tasting soapy thing in my delicious food and telling me i should be happy about my food it's just not gonna happen you know when you say <laughs> scheduling, whoa, into sex, whoa, yeah. you're like, you just ruined my sexy times. <laughs> I think that I think that one of the reasons why that is the case and we don't schedule to talk about it and it feels uncomfortable is that sometimes talking about sex can feel embarrassing. And I want to mm-hmm. note that because I think we have a negative connotation when we think about fight and flight. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we shouldn't be in fight and flight. We should mm-hmm. be in rest and digest like all mm-hmm. the time. And that mm-hmm. will get you killed, right? Like if you're an animal, yes. you cannot actually be in rest and digest all yes. of the time. You will then die. You like flight and, 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 and fight have their purpose and are Absolutely. very valuable and necessary and mm-hmm. are good. It is not, it is not a bad thing. What mm-hmm. is bad is when we start to apply fight and flight survival techniques to everyday situations that are not mm-hmm. life and death. Right. Yes. When, when you get an email from your boss and you suddenly go into fight and flight mode, like that's not the best way actually to, to deal with that. Exactly. But it's not bad in the same way. Flirt and fuck is not bad, mm-hmm. but I do think it has a negative association. I do think it's, well, that's the thing you do when you're younger, or that's the mm. thing that you do in the beginning of a relationship, but not when it's settled in. Or mm-hmm. even when you're in a relationship, you don't talk about those kinds of things mm-hmm. because, you know, those are, those are your private thoughts. You keep that private. I think that there's this something that's negative about flirt and fuck again in the same way that fight and flight is. And that, at least for me, has prevented me from naming in the past some mm-hmm. of the things that I wanted and scheduling it to your point and all those mm-hmm. that it feels like it should be spontaneous and just happen because the idea of talking about it and being vulnerable in that way feels super mm-hmm. scary. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, if you look at our systems, our societies, you know, like sex is only for making babies in marriages like we don't encourage this idea of like embodying our sexuality we don't talk about being fully sexually self-expressed like we don't think about flirting as a certain energy that you also get to do with your 20 year old partner not age but the relationship that's 20 years old so I don't I, I agree with you I don't think we champion this idea of flirt and fuck and especially I think as people get older the older you are, especially if you're a woman, the idea of like, I want to be, you know, I'm in a flirt and fuck mode is definitely discouraged and stigmatized and shunned for sure. And I think even within relationships, I know that there's this idea of like, oh, you have kids, you know, as if you're like not supposed to flirt and fuck mm-hmm. later on in your life or later on in your relationship. 
that's not that's not the case. However, here's the super important thing, and I want to keep coming back to that and just pointing it out for anybody who's listening who's saying, "Listen, we are our relationship is not about flirt and fuck, right?" And that's okay. The idea is not that you must have those things in your in your relationship. The idea is to be aware of those states that those states exist and they cannot coexist and you might have to shift from one to the other depending on the needs and wants of the people in that particular relationship, right? As mm-hmm. long as people are aligned, like we said, it is okay mm-hmm. to be have a relationship that purely exists in rest and reason. It is a-okay yes. as long as nobody in the relationship is yearning for, seeking, hoping, mm. wishing, you know, secretly praying that there was, there was a flirt and fuck mode that suddenly, spontaneously yeah. that happens in the relationship, right? That's the only yeah. glitch. You can have a relationship that's all about flirt and fuck. You can have a relationship that's all about rest and reason. You can have a relationship that beautifully and smoothly transitions one from the other. You have a relationship where you have to actively say, hey, Tonight's all about rest and reason. Hey, this weekend's all about flirt and fuck and you have to name it, right? Those are all A-OK mm-hmm. relationships. The thing they have mm-hmm. in common is that people in it are aligned. Yeah. And alignment also means, I mean, there are plenty of relationships where both, where let's say you're in a rest and digest mode and both folks feel like they want some of that flirt and fuck energy, but don't tell each other that. Mm-hmm. And so they're actually both masturbating in separate rooms, mm-hmm. wishing that they could be having sex, but actually are, you know, so that is true. And there, there are instances, I'm sure this has happened for me where I'm in flirt and fuck mode and want some more safety and some more grounding. Mm-hmm. And both people may want that too, but don't want to mess with the energy. Don't mm-hmm. want to be that person that like ruins the fun with scheduling, as you say, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. like, you know, wants to continue to play the game. And so how how do we create both of those things? I think that if you are in a monogamous relationship and you've decided that you're going to have one sexual partner, then it is about being aware and having that conversation around Mm -hmm. how can you consider or collaborate on how much time you want to spend in each of those areas. I think Mm -hmm. that's where the self audit can come in. What do you, you can ask yourself, what do you currently have? Mm -hmm. Why is it that way? Mm-hmm. What do you want? Can you get it from your current relationship? What do you think your partner wants? Why do you think that's what they want? Mm-hmm. Because the next step is going to be communication to validate if that's the story in your head is true. But to do that self-audit to say, am I getting all those buckets met? Do I feel mm-hmm. the safe and the sexy? And how much time do I want to spend in each? Yes. And what it looks like, right? What does rest yeah. and reason look like for you? Is it sweatpants, mm-hmm. couch? Netflix? Is it Mm -hmm. out there trekking in nature or planting a garden? Is it intellectual Mm -hmm. pursuits? Like, are you taking classes Mm -hmm. together? Right? So Mm -hmm. what is it? What does rest and reason look like for you? Like, what is that state? This is what I'm saying. It's like, think about it as a a state, a way of being. And then you need to kind of Mm -hmm. do the self audit around what does that look like? Like, what does safety look like for me mm-hmm. when i'm safe how do i know that i'm safe what's happening to my body physiologically what's happening to my breath what's happening what, what does it take for my yeah. environment to induce a state of safety for me right so yes. the rest and reason piece is something that is very very personal that we need to understand for ourselves both personally and, and also in the context of the relationship right because rest and reason yeah. in one relationship can look very different than a rest and reason in another relationship that's why yeah. these are states, not prescriptive behaviors. Yes. And I, I want to note 
that we're talking a lot about how do you get this within partnership or partnerships and and the role that each person plays. But I want to go back to, and we talk about this all the time, it really is about what's happening for you. If you are not comfortable with things, with yourself, with things in in your life, you're not going to have that kind of comfort level with somebody else. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. do not feel sexy and have that energy, that's going to be really hard to manifest that within a flirt and Mm -hmm. fuck dynamic. And so, and actually the solution doesn't even need to come with the other person. So I'm in, I'm in polyfidelis relationship. So I, I'm not sexually active with anyone outside of, of folks that I'm, I'm in relationship with. And right now I have been in, with my wife for almost 10 years, with my partner for almost four. And so there's a lot of rest and reasoning that's happening. There's certainly mm-hmm. those other moments, but there's, and what I realized is I haven't been feeling as sexy mm-hmm. as I have in the past. And it's not about not having sex. I'm having sex, but that like, flirty energy feel swagger like I wasn't feeling that and so I decided to do a few things for myself first I got a real sexy haircut Mm -hmm. and it is so hot (laughs) I decided to go with some curly bangs yes hot mama I got curly bangs it was like a departure from what I was doing before but I wanted something different I started taking burlesque classes mm-hmm. super fun we mm-hmm. absolutely need to do an episode about burlesque because it was mm-hmm. fantastic and started to do some things for me so that I would have an energetic change and feel mm-hmm. sexier and feel energetically in that flirt and fuck mode without actually having to involve anybody else it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with with anybody else. And similarly, I have had to really sit with myself and see why don't I feel stable or safe or in a mode of reasoning? And what do I need to do for myself to get into that stage Mm -hmm. before involving any other partner? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We are the common denominators of our lives. So, and everything starts with with us and what's inside of us and how we're feeling. So that makes so much, so much sense to me. And I do agree, right? And I would also encourage people to think about as you're reflecting on rest and reason, for example, first of all, to say, do you truly feel in rest and reason mode? You might be on the couch in your in your sweatpants watching Netflix and it might look like you're in rest mode, right? But mm. are you truly in rest mode? What are you present? Is your mind feeling in the room or are you like, worried about something else like are you truly in the rest and reason mode right are you mm-hmm. let's talk about reason like are you truly collaborating and trying to problem solve or are you fawning right which looks like mm-hmm. a reason from the outside but how are you feeling so absolutely i think mm-hmm. when we're reflecting on the rest and reason or flirt and fuck you we have to really truly think about how we're feeling and if we're truly embodying that Right. With, or whether right. it's just looking like that from the outside. Yeah. And then you can switch again. This isn't, doesn't mean you're like stuck in that stage. You can, once you have that realization on the couch, you can like shake it off and be like, no, no, no be here, right. be here in this moment. And you can right. walk up those steps from disconnect. Right. You can walk up to the top and sit there and rest in reason, or you can like look at the other person and give some, some eyes and maybe move mm-hmm. to some flirt and fuck, but you have the ability to navigate Sorry. through if you're in a relationship that, you know, that that's your only sexual partner. If you're in an open relationship, then you do have more options. You can have different relationships that meet different needs. Mm-hmm. The key there is to be honest with all parties about the kind of connection that mm-hmm. you want in that and make sure that there is consent 
about mm-hmm. the ty- type of connection that exists mm-hmm. in each of those relationships and, and not just segregating them in your mind and not talking to anybody about it. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same with flirt and fuck, by the way. It's like we, mm-hmm. I mean, flirt and fuck is kind of fun, you know, section title. And I think even though we're saying flirt and fuck and we're talking about it being this like carnal, yearning, tearing each other's clothes off type state. Again, that's a really prescriptive behavior. We also have to think about like step back a little bit and think about what does flirt and fuck look like for me, right? Mm. For me, for example, flirting is more physical than verbal, right? I can I can do the talking mm-hmm. at a bar thing, but that's not how like my prime sort of flirt and flirt and fuck mode is more about like hands on bodies moving dancing that is for me okay now Mm -hmm. i'm in a flirt and flirt and fuck i'm more like the flirt on a dance floor than i am at a you know at a bar because at some point the conversation at a bar is going to put me in my in my reason mode for too long i'm probably going to get caught in some argument or explaining some concept because my nerdiness will kick in and i'm going to fall out of flirt into reason Right. So I know yes. that for me to stay in flirt, we either have to get to some sort of a physical and like to some, some sort of physical contact or ideally movement. Right. And it doesn't have to, like I said, yes. I, da- I flirt on a dance floor above all, you know. So yes, it looks different totally for different people. Yes, that makes sense to me. Like, you know, I'm going to be having some serious life conversations all again, we're doing wills and mortgages and all those things. But I often you know, like to have those types of conversations outside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this coming weekend, going to go go to the park and like, you know, sit out in the park with my wife and talk through some stuff that, that just as we're kind of figuring out next steps and in, in some of the areas of our lives. And there's something about being outside and grounded in nature mm-hmm. that allows me to be in that rest and, and, and reason mode. Again, mm-hmm. being at home, I'm just surrounded by the my, my visual to-do list. Mm-hmm. And so being outside of that state. And then to your point, yes to dance floors for flirt and fuck mode. Sure. Yes to that, please. Yeah. One of the things that I, that a need that I would like met, I need to figure out how to, what stage do I need to, I just want to make out I miss making out. Man. Yeah, right. Like in the beginning, oh, when you're just like kissing and kissing yeah. for like hours, and like oh, and there's the touching, the other things, but you just like can't stop. Why? Why does that go away? Oh, I want. I it doesn't go away. You need to awaken it. it doesn't go away. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna need to. We need. I need some steps. We need to walk up some steps. Yes, <laughs> I need to walk up and down some steps to get myself yes. some more making out that's happening. Yeah. And again, I guess that's, you know, I got to take, I got to doctor heal thyself. I need to do a self audit mm-hmm. and then have a conversation, <laughs> have, have exactly. a conversation with the people in my life and be like, yeah. Hey, what are the conditions under which we can have a makeout session? Totally. Totally. I think it's asking questions like what gets you to the, to, to flirt and fuck mode? Mm-hmm. What does it take for you? You know, and again, yeah. like same yeah, with yeah. fuck, like it doesn't have to be this like, r- yes. you know, rampant. It could be this so- soft, sensual, sexual connection. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really matter what it looks like. It is really a state of yeah. mind and a state of being to really embody flirt and fuck or rest and reason without falling off the edges to disconnect. Yes, 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 yes. So if you're out there in the world and have been thinking, oh, I need more flirt and fuck in my relationship, but that really should happen spontaneously. Like it should just like, like mm-hmm. just the energy. That is not the case. You wouldn't feel that way about rest and reasoning things. 
Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't be on a crowded subway and want to have a, a, conver- a deep conversation about something, you know, you, you would want to be in the right conditions and you would set that up to make sure that you're in the mm-hmm. right conditions. So why not set up the space where something can happen? Something mm-hmm. can emerge there that is fun and flirty and sexy and not it feel like scheduling. I like sure. the way you're describing it about and you and using the kink model of setting the scene. Mm-hmm. How do you set the scene so that what can emerge emerges in that space? Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And I think especially if we're seeing if especially in a long term relationship and we're if you're in a domestic partnership and we're spending a lot of time at home, our domestic environments are more often than not designed for rest and reason, right? Unless you have a sex room, mm-hmm. which I think is a show on Netflix now where people are actually putting sex rooms into yes. their homes, right? Unless mm-hmm. you have a yes. sex room, right? Or you have porn available on your phone, that on, on your TV that you can get to with your remote, right? Most of the time, mm-hmm. our domestic environments are geared towards rest and reason, which is something else that we might want to think about, right? Mm-hmm. It is their design for ease. They're designed for comfort. They're designed mm-hmm. for predictability, right? And I think both macro and micro, like systemically, culturally, societally, and micro domestically, we don't put things in places to really um, invoke flirt and fuck energy, right? So it's not only that it's like mm-hmm. fades within ourselves, but like we don't have the external clues and the support and the celebration of sex and sexuality. So flirt and fuck doesn't get the same support and the push that rest and mm-hmm. reason gets, right? So if you look yes. at the sex positive communities, people who are having, like who are talking about sexuality or experimenting, they're exchanging notes, going to sex parties, right? You know, exploring all that kind of stuff. Those people are actually, besides like wanting to, to have connections over flirt and fuck, but they're also celebrators and reinforced through a community of people who are also championing and like putting this idea of sex and sexuality mm-hmm. front of mind, right? So that's something mm-hmm. else that's worth thinking about. If you surround mm-hmm. yourself constantly towards rest and reason, right? That's why vacation sex that you talked about vacation sex right why Mm -hmm. vacation sex so good Mm -hmm. it is away from yes your visual to-do list but also the environment that you have so painstakingly designed for rest and reason for Mm -hmm. comfort for safety for cozy right i would Mm -hmm. make an argument and say like maybe we need to rethink about our bedrooms right Mm -hmm. so i think those are the other things why why flirt and fuck sort of disappears dissolves you know dissipates Yes, I think that's yes. the other reasons. It's you know, yes. it's not only that it's shamed and stigmatized and taboo. It's also more mm-hmm. insidious than that. We just don't have the physical cues for it. We don't have the environment set up for it. There's no change mm-hmm. in our environment that's all designed for for comfort and and rest and reason. To now, like, what is gonna? Yes. What is the thing that's gonna spontaneously prompt us into flirt and fuck? Yes, yes, and that goes back to polyvagal theory, right? So think back into the, the animals in the Sahara. They don't just get up and start running as fast as they can for no reason. It is in response to their environment. They look and see danger approaching and they get up and they get the hell out of there or they start fighting for their lives. Right. Like, so they're not just similarly, we're not just sitting at dinner and then look at each other and then like, 
push the dishes off the thing and like throw each other on. Like the environment is not such to create that reaction. And so if you're, and also if you're in flirt and fuck mode, maybe you, and you want some more rest and reason, then you can schedule time to go take a walk with the person Mm -hmm. that you, you know, are are playing with and and, and just have conversation or meet somewhere where it is not sexy. And it is about (laughs) go to a, go to a library or a bookstore and like show each other your favorite books and like talk about that. But I, yes, that is the key. The key is create the environment that will allow for the reaction in the same way that real rest and digest and fight and flight is a reaction to our environment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The stimulus. You need a stimulus to get in the yes. mode. You know, you might just yes. be so lucky that both people are feeling physiologically aroused in that moment and horny and it looks like the spontaneous combustion mm-hmm. and you're in like flirt and fuck and you're like, yeah, why isn't this happening now? It's like we are more biochemically mm-hmm. reinforced to be co-regulated into horniness at the beginning of mm-hmm. our relationships. That's a new relationship energy that is years, millennia of, of evolution, right? Once that, that co-regulation, mm-hmm. that, that biochemical reinforcement fades, we need external stimuli. So yes. in, or, in order for us to shift to that, and I think it is, it is the, the fantasy, it's the myth, it's the, the false ideology that this idea of spontaneous sex with no external stimuli is just going to appear. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's super corrosive to relationships. Or even that safety and security and that that will just magically exist in a relationship too without intentionality around creating space for that. Exactly. All right. So this is, this is our our next steps, everybody gather close. (laughs) We are all going to do a self audit. We're going to look at our lives and say, how much rest and reason do we have? How much flirt and fuck? Are we in disconnect mode? Right. We're going to think about that. Mm -hmm. Think about what we want what we think maybe what is what are the stories in our mind around why we we haven't gotten those things why we're not in those stages then we're going to have conversations with the people that we're with so that we can collaborate together on creating environments that allow us then to switch into whichever mode we want to be in so that we can have some rest and reason we can have some flirt and fuck we can walk up and down those steps together mm-hmm holding hands mm-hmm. and so with honesty and communication it sounds very simple it is not easy though <laughs> so like we, like we, all we, of these things simple yes. but not easy you can do it yes we can do it and tell us tell us i would love to hear this i would love to hear two things one uh, by the way i'm back on the facebook group everyone this is a big celebration Yay! Somebody very kindly helped me out. I would love to hear this on the Facebook group. One, I would love to hear from people. What does rest and reason and flirt and fuck look like for you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What are the conditions that support and nurture those states? What are the things that get in the way of those states? And that is your first like top level self audit. And the second thing I want to hear from everyone is how do they think that they can switch from one to the other and to the other again without falling off the edges into disconnect. Mm-hmm. And if you do, if we all go, if we go into disconnect, which happens to me, we can get out of it. We exactly. can get out of it. We can do it. So go onto Facebook in our Facebook group. We are Curious Foxes on Facebook. You can check us out on Instagram. We are Curious Foxes, and then check out our website. We are Curious Foxes. We have been doing some website 
updates to make it easier for you to find the blog posts and the resources that you're curious about. We love the way that it looks. We love our artist partners. And so please go on, take a look. It is both colorful and informational. You're going to enjoy it. And if you find this episode or any of our episodes interesting or funny or helpful, please share our podcast with a friend, quickly rate the show, leave a comment or subscribe to Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify and Stitcher. It is only going to take you a few seconds of your time, but it will have a big impact for us. And if you want to support the work that we're doing and continue to indulge your curiosity, join us on Patreon at We Are Curious Foxes. You're going to be able to find mini episodes, podcast extras that couldn't make it onto the show, and over 50 videos from educator-led workshops that we have hosted. So go to Patreon at We Are Curious Foxes and then let us know that you're listening. Share your comments and stories and questions and episodes ideas by emailing us or sending us a voice memo to listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. Or you can record a question for the show by calling 646-450-9079. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock, with whom we have a beautiful relationship of all states. Our intro music is composed by Dev Saha. We are so grateful for their work, and we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Work, brushing up the cobwebs, brushing up the cobwebs. I know. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickle peppers, pack of pickle peppers. Peter Piper picked Peter Piper picked a pack of pickle peppers. Where's the pack of pickle peppers? Peter Piper picked. Where you're spending most of your time and rest and digest. Sorry. Sorry. We're back. We are back. Wow. Curious Fox Podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.